when you're up against a hostile room of people who don't want to be there, you need real strategies that get results. Welcome to From Hostage to Hero, the show that gives you practical advice you can use right now in the courtroom, boardroom, or classroom. Learn how to move your unwilling audience to one that is invested in what you're saying, eager to participate, and engaged in the process. Learn from the attorney whisperer herself, your host, Sari Delamont. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of From Hostage to Hero. Sari Delamont here with you. How are you? I hope you're doing well. This episode will drop during my medical leave, so I hope I'm doing well as well. Uh, Here's uh, hoping that that's true, and I know that it will be true. And thank you to all of you for all of your well wishes. It's I really just love hearing from each and every one of you. Well, today we're going to start with a shout out to one of our listener reviews for the podcast from Jam Conley, who says, Outstanding. Great insight that rings so true. Transformational for trial. Well, I'm so glad you think so, Jam Conley, and thank you for your review. And if you haven't reviewed the podcast yet, please do so wherever you listen to your podcast or head over to trialguides.com and give me a review if you've read the book. Thanks so much. Well, today we're talking about the four components of presence. Presence has been a buzzword in the last decade. I believe it's, um, is it Amy Cuddy who wrote the book Presence? I haven't read that book not yet. I've had it for years, uh, but I hear it's quite good. So let me know if you read the book and if you liked it. Um, but I did a lot of work with presence about eight, nine years ago. We had the Power Presence seminars. Those of you came out, we had a lot, a lot of fun with that. But I recognized that I had not done a podcast on the uh, four components of presence. And so I wanted to rectify that and share with you my thoughts on presence. Now, before we get to the four components, Let's define what we mean by presence, because I think when we talk about presence, people have an immediate view of what what they think that means. Someone who has a weighty personality, uh, someone who's charismatic, someone who people respect and respond to. And that can definitely be a type of presence, but that's what I want you to really get, is that there are different types of presence, meaning you can have a mysterious presence. You can have an evil presence. You can have a warm and inviting presence and you can have a confident presence. The point is, is that presence is how you are received by others. Let me say that again. Presence is how you are received by others. It's the imprint that you leave on your fellow human beings. So today, as we talk about the four components of presence, I'm going to assume that the type of presence that we want to project or leave that imprint on our jurors is one that where they feel safe and invited in and you are warm and engaging, but also confident, right? So that's the type of presence that we want. But the point is, is that you get to decide how you want to be perceived by others. And that translates into your presence. Now that may be different than what Amy Cuddy said in her book, but that's how I define presence, how you're received by others. And that's also why when we talk about nonverbal intelligence, which was the last, um, or maybe two episodes ago in this podcast series, we talked about nonverbal intelligence and that awareness and adaptability 
piece and being authentic, when we're talking about nonverbal intelligence, it's all about that perception piece. Again, how are you being received by others? That's how we know whether we need to adapt or not. Now, presence is, in my mind, and I think I'm right about this, nonverbal. It's communicated non-verbally, it's received non-verbally. I mean, nobody goes around saying, this is my presence and accept it. It's something that you communicate non-verbally. Now, because you communicate it non-verbally, I also want to point out that you don't have any option of not having presence, (laughs) meaning you have a presence The point is, what type of presence do you want to have and do you want to be purposeful about it? Everybody has some type of presence, some type of imprint that they leave on other people. The only kind of place where this wouldn't be true is like on social media. If you are just a lurker, if you just have a a profile and you never post and you never comment and all you do is, is, is spy on your ex, then yes, maybe you don't have a social media presence, for example. But if you are interacting with other people, you have presence. So congratulations, you've passed the first test. <laughs> you have presence. Now let's talk about how to have a purposeful presence. And that really brings us to the four components of presence. So the four components of presence are as follows, mind, body, space, and others. So let's start with mind. If you want to have a purposeful presence, whatever kind of presence that that is, meaning you just want it to be on purpose, maybe you want to be evil on purpose, whatever your, your type of presence is, you have to first be present. Meaning, when you are present, that is when you are purposeful. This is why you may be received by others or perceived by others differently than what you intend because you're not being purposeful because you're not here. Presence, the kind that's purposeful, starts with being present here now. This is what I work with so much when I'm in my voir dire circles in the H2H crew, for example, when we're practicing voir dire every month, is that so often the problem isn't your questions. The problem isn't your lack of or ability of following up. The problem is that you're in your head. You're not actually here now. This is how you miss things. This is how you don't catch the great things that jurors are saying because you're thinking too much about how to follow up or about whether that's a good answer or a bad answer or about what juror number seven is doing in there in the back row. You're not here now. So the first component of presence is being present because that leads us to the second component, which is body. When you are here now, you can then make choices about how you want to communicate non-verbally. The body is the vehicle through which your presence is communicated. That's what people pick up on and that's how they get a sense of who you are and what it is you're trying to do. So the purposefulness starts in the body, or not starts, is communicated through the body, but starts with being present. So for example, when you are wanting to appear credible and confident, what that means is that you are not in your head 
frantically thinking about what to say next. You trust yourself implicitly to know what to say next, to know how to follow up. And that will then result in body language where you are standing over both feet, weight evenly distributed, your palms are facing down, and your voice curls down at the ends of statements. Naturally, that's what happens when you are confident and owning your shit. But when you're not confident, when you're in your head and you're thinking and scrambling, then that's where the ums come and you start speaking too quickly and you're not breathing and and maybe you've got your palms up because you're kind of signaling to the jury, please like me and I hope you like me. Do you see the difference? So mind is where it all begins, but mind also has an incredible uh uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Uh, I'm losing it, but the mind has uh, effect. There it is. Chemo brain has an effect on how you're communicating through the body. Now, likewise is true is that you can adopt some of the body positions to help you get more present. For example, breathing helps you get more present when you're presenting or working with a jury, and that will also help. So these two work in tandem, but the first two components of presence are mind, meaning you're here now and aware of your surroundings and and present with your jury, and your body is communicating the way that you want it to communicate. So let's go back. Maybe now after you have told the jury about why they're here and what their job is, and you've been credible and confident, now you want to communicate that it's their time to talk and you're going to be asking some questions and inviting them into a discussion. Now your body language is going to change. You're going to have your palms up. You're going to shift your weight over to one side. You're going to curl your voice up when you ask the question. Why? Because this communicates to the jury. Now you want to hear from them. Now it's time for them to talk. So your presence is ever shifting. You may start with a more confident, credible uh, presence but you then shift to a more warm and inviting and open engagement type of presence through your body language. So again, the body is the vehicle through which we communicate what type of presence we want. And that presence is always shifting, which then brings us to space. So the mind is, is important. It's probably the most important piece be here now. The body's how we communicate, but the space is how we invite people to communicate with us. I've always talked about space as putting out a nonverbal picnic blanket and inviting others to come and sit and join you. So when we're talking about the third component of presence, which is space, what we're really saying is that you not only have to be here now and have the right body language that communicates the presence that you want, but you have to have a sense of the space. You have to bring the space into your awareness. So often we are only aware of what's going on in our head. Or maybe we're aware of our body, which is a little bit bigger. Or maybe we're aware of our body and the one juror that we're talking to. When you get really good at having an expansive presence, what you now do is you bring in the whole jury box or maybe the entire courtroom or maybe the entire building, meaning all of that space is in your awareness. And here's the great thing about this is that people can tell how much space you're aware of. So when you bring in bigger amounts of space, meaning you're facing the jury, but you're still aware of the counsel table behind you, and you're still aware of the judge on your right and the opposing counsel on your left, you now communicate a big, expansive 
space. In fact, when we have clients arguing motions in front of their, the judge, we tell them to claim a large amount of space. What we mean by that is bring in as much space into your awareness. Why? Because it expands your presence and makes you feel huge. Now, there are other times that you may want to shrink that down. Only bring in the jury box and the jury only. Block out the opposing counsel and the judge and the counsel table behind you and everybody in the galley, right? That makes the space more intimate. Again, a different type of presence. And when you're first starting out, you may definitely want to do that because the jury doesn't feel safe yet. So this third component, which yes, is a little bit more woo-woo than than you probably heard of some things that I teach before, but it is huge because once you start to get out of your head and start to notice what's around you and then start to get very particular about how much space you want to keep in your awareness, then things get really, really good in terms of your presence. I remember speaking, um, well, not speaking, I was the... um, what they call that, the MC for Habitat for Humanity's annual breakfast. And it has a thousand people that attend. And they're in the big, huge conference room, not conference room, I was like a ballroom, a convention center. There it is. I had to take the entire space in my awareness and be that big to be an appropriate MC. If I was up on stage, And only thinking about what my next lines were, for example, they had me doing different things and asking different things at different times. I would be very small. It would not have been appropriate. I had to keep and hold that huge amount of space in my awareness, which is why keynote speaking, for example, which is normally larger audiences versus trainings, smaller audiences, keynotes are difficult to do. Why? Because if you're good at it, you're keeping that large amount of space in your awareness. That's why it's difficult because a lot of people don't know how to do that or don't even know they should do it. So again, it's just, I mean, look around, keep the edges of the room in your awareness, practice narrowing it down. I remember someone came to coach with me once and they were having a meeting at a restaurant and they said, how do I make this meeting feel intimate when the restaurant is full of people? I said, just keep the table in your awareness. Don't let your attention be drawn to other things in the restaurant. And they reported back, they said, that was amazing. Sorry, I got to really set the tone for the meeting by really keeping just the table and the the inhabitants of the table in my awareness and it worked really well. Yeah, people can tell how much space you're aware of. Which brings us to the fourth component of presence, which is the actual people themselves. If space is including others or inviting them into our presence, others, the fourth component, is what we do with them once they accept the invitation. It's working with and relating to the people that we have invited into our presence. And so that really can be a variety of different things. But when we're talking about these four components, what I want to say here in this one is you have to not be scared of the people that you're communicating with, which is so often the case when we're talking about jurors. We talk about wanting to have presence. We talk about wanting to be charismatic. We talk about how we want them to talk to us and engage with us. But on a certain level, we're scared of these people. I mean, that's the whole from hostage to hero method, is it not? Recognizing they are not the enemy, that they are, in fact, 
regular people who are hostages that once they hear about what we're they're there to do, that they were willing to to play with us and and help us and and come to the rescue of our client. So you cannot be here now, use the right nonverbal communication, be aware of space, and then be afraid of the very people that you are inviting into that communication. You've got to see these people uh, as, as people that want to help you and get intensely curious about them and have a playful attitude toward this and not be so serious. So to recap the four components of presence and how you can increase your presence in each area, mind, be here now. Go back to a couple of episodes ago where we talked about how to ground yourself, breathe, get in your body, really let go of all your notes and your struggles and your fears and just be with these people in front of you. That is going to increase your presence right off the bat. Body, match your body language to your intention. Do you want to be credible and authoritative? Then you've got to have that authoritative body language where weight is over both feet, palms are facing down, voice curls down. Do you want to engage and have the jury talk with you and and have a great conversation? Then shift that weight over to one foot, turn the palms up and curl the voice up. Space, get out of your head and into the space. Start playing with what you're bringing in your awareness. A lot of space to claim it and be super confident and, and, and huge, great. A small amount of space because you want it to feel intimate and safe, also great. Just know what you're doing at what the right time. And others, do not be afraid of the people, the very people that you want your presence to leave an imprint on. Well, I hope this was helpful. The four components of presence, go out and play and then report back as always. If you're not already a member of our free from hostage to hero Facebook group, we've got over 1400 members in there now. Um, Please ask to join, just search from hostage to hero in Facebook and you can be in there commenting on the podcasts, uh, learning the week I do monthly webinars in there. Um, We also have guest webinars from time to time. So join us over there. We're having lots of fun. And if you want to become an H2H crew member, go to fromhostagetohero.com and learn more about that there. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining me today. If you benefited from what we talked about or just want to let me know you enjoy the podcast, go ahead and leave me a review on whichever platform you use to listen to From Hostage to Hero. Add a comment and I just might give you a shout out on an upcoming episode. In the meantime, head over to fromhostagetohero.com to order your copy of my book, from hostage to hero, captivate the jury by setting them free. And to get on my mailing list, I send out trial tips and encouragement right to your inbox every single week. And while you're there, make sure you join the waitlist to become an H2H crew member when we reopen. We only open a few times each year and you do not want to miss out. I look forward to our time together in next week's episode. Talk then.